today we do something, uh, kind of like a little mini-series, like a little baby series uh, called No Grow Show. We do this every year. And these are kind of like, you know, I get where we talk about like our mission of like helping people take the next step uh, with Jesus. And we kind of break that down to a few things, know and grow and show. And so if you're, you've been around a while at Gateway, you know this. Uh, we've, we've talked about these things before, but every year it's so good just to kind of dive back into the basics. Um, and they're so rich. You know, that's what I found this, this week. I mean, we're talking about a really uh, pretty foundational text today too. Um, and, you know, sometimes you just dive back into the, the basics and it's just so good to go back. And so I'm super excited about today. Um, if you're newer, uh, this is super great that you're here today because these are kind of big things at Gateway we talk about a lot. I think they really represent the DNA of the church. When we talk about know, we're talking about knowing God, we're talking about knowing him more and more. And we really believe that that best happens, uh, knowing his word, reading his word, studying his word, uh, and just knowing it and growing uh, more in it. That's why we do like a lot of, uh, you know, partnerships and things like that, that all wrap around reading God's word. Uh, and uh, so let's kind of know, grow is, we talk about growing together um, as the family of God, as, as the body of Christ. And, and we talk about our relationships with one another, uh, just being, uh, being real and being deep and growing uh, uh, and helping us grow in the Lord over time. Uh, but today we are talking about show. Uh, we're, we're starting, I don't think it's really, I don't know if there's really an order, but we're starting with show. And, um, and it worked out really well with the ministry fair because there's so many ways to show God's love, which is what uh, show is kind of all about, is showing God's love and really growing together and taking those next steps in showing people God's love. There's kind of two different parts of that. One is sort of showing God's love to uh, people in our lives that don't know the Lord. And we think about that as like evangelism and, and, and showing them uh, God's love and, and telling them about uh, the love of God. But then there's kind of another facet of that, and that is what we do right here in the church. And that is showing God's love to one another, the body of believers. And that really is what we're talking about today. Uh, uh, in part, I think, because of the ministry fair, but just also because uh, that is such a great, uh, great thing to talk about today and just spend some time in talking about our ministry and, and each and every one of us having a ministry right here at the church. So that is kind of what we're doing today. If, if you were to take Gateway 101 or if you've ever been through it, you might hear something like that. It's God's desire and design that believers are involved with ministry and that God has uniquely gifted each believer to do so. And so uh, this week we we're really talking about our, our ministry, each one of us having um, a ministry and, and, and kind of our time together as the body of Christ and um, why it is so good to show uh, one another uh, the love of God and how we can do that. So uh, we are working in uh, Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, and 10 today. These are some of my very favorite verses. They've been coming up a lot recently. Uh, and, and, and here it is. Uh, it's a for by grace, you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. It's not a result of works so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship. We're created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Uh, today we are talking all about walking in those good works of God. And 
Uh, and so it's, it's kind of my hope and prayer today that uh, we'll sort of think about our lives and the ministry that God has called us to uh, individually and as the body of Christ. So let's pray, and then we'll, we'll dive into Ephesians 2. Uh, Lord Jesus, thank you for uh, today, and we just pray that you would uh, just open our hearts and our minds to your word. Lord, I just pray that uh, it's just such a busy time of the year. It's such a busy Sunday. And Lord, I just pray for a little bit that you would just help us to focus on you. And Lord, that you would just bring to mind uh, just the many different parts of our lives and just what, uh, that you would just help us to respond to what you're saying to us, Lord. And, and, and we want to hear your voice today. We want to experience you today. And so I just pray that you would, um, you would just really open your word to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I don't know about you guys. But today definitely feels like October 2nd to me. Uh, it is a busy time. It's fall. It's like all of a sudden fall is here. It doesn't really feel like it yet because it's still like 80 degrees this week. I don't know if it is still 80 degrees and fires and smoke and all that stuff. But, uh, but it is such a busy time this week. And, uh, or, uh, you know, just in the, the year. And I was thinking about that uh, because school has started. And this year I have a five-year-old, and he's in school. He's in kindergarten, so five days a week he goes to school, and that's like kind of a new thing for for our little family. Uh, and actually, like I think the, the hardest adjustment has been John Mark, uh, Theo's little brother, because he doesn't know what to do without his buddy all day at home now, and uh, he's kind of he's adjusting in some <coughs> interesting ways. And so. Uh, so we're just, we're busy at home. Uh, as you can see, there's just a lot going on at the church. This is such a cool time at Gateway right now. And so uh, we've been busy here and there's just a lot of good, fruitful things going on here. Um, I'm still living with my parents because I live that life now. And uh, that's going good. People are all the time, they're like, really though, how's that going? You know, it's like, it's going really good. It's like, we, we like each other and, uh, and it's fun. And uh, and we're working on our house. This is kind of a whole other part of my life, and uh, this is our house. Um, I showed this in the 9 o'clock service and then realized this got broadcast, and I was like, what if creeps find me on, you know, from online or something? But anyway, this is my house right now, and what I love about this is, uh, and if you don't know, we're remodeling uh, my house right now. Like, kind of, it's kind of down to the studs on the inside, and the outside's getting new siding and stuff like that. That's why I live with my parents. Uh, anyway, uh, so, uh, so we're doing this, and what you can see in this picture is that there's stuff that's happening. And I love that because for a long time there's been a lot of stuff happening on the inside, but now you can just, if you, you know, I mean, unless you like rock Tyvek on your house or something, uh, you can tell that stuff is happening. And, you know, one of the things that's been surprising about this, we've been at this for like six months, uh, four months, I think, I don't know, since March, and I've lost track of time, but we've been at this for a while, and one of the things I have found is that uh, as a homeowner, when you're like remodeling your house, you get a lot more involved than you think you will, uh, and so, you know, we've just done a lot of uh, little projects along the way ourselves. Um, you know, we swing by, and we're so excited about every little change that happens. This week, they started putting in like new plumbing and new electrical. I never thought I would be so excited about new electrical, but man, I am so excited to see like current like Romex cabling running through uh, my, my ceilings. It's so exciting, but you know what? It's just busy. And if you're anything like me this month, I just, I feel busy. I'm just busy, 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 all the time busy. And, uh, and I know I'm not alone in that because uh, just being in the worship ministry, a lot of our volunteers, you know, we get together and it's like, how's everybody doing? And everybody's like, <gasps> 
good. You know, because there's just so many things going on. And, and so, and here's been kind of my tip off lately that like the cup is full, as they say, uh, is that I've been like driving a lot on 14. And I'm either like at my parents' house, at my house, uh, doing something or checking on something, or I'm here at the church, or I'm like at Lackham is trying to get a quick run in, or uh, now sometimes at Theo's school. But there's like, I don't know, five or six locations I drive a lot. I'm always at one of them. But when I get in my car, and I don't know if anyone can relate to this, and I shut the doors, and it's just kind of like quiet in your car, you know? Um, and even sometimes if I like am, am rocking some music, it's still kind of quiet in a way there, because it's just like you're kind of by yourself. And so I find there's this weird thing that happens. On the one hand, I like really think in depth about a lot of things in my life. And on the other hand, I sort of think about nothing at all. And I can tell that because I drive right by my house, right? And, and makes, makes my, uh, or like an even weirder thing happens. Uh, and I don't know, I've been worried about what's going on in my head or something, but uh, I'll, I'll go to drive to this house uh, from the church and I'll end up at my parents' house. Or uh, I'll be at my parents' house, and I'll be like, Anna, I'm going to go drive by the house and just uh, check on something real quick or grab something, and then I'll end up at the office, right? And I'm like, I didn't mean to drive here. What's happening? You know, and it's just, it's that thing of like, you get so used to driving places, right? And you get so used to, to doing things just day after day after day. And after a while, what can happen is you just kind of get on autopilot. And I think sometimes we can do that with stuff like uh, No Grow Show, and we can do that with stuff like Ephesians 2, is we just get really used to it because we're just in it a lot, and we know it, and we've heard it a lot of times. And, uh, and especially when we're so busy, and, and here's the fear, I think, is that we end up as believers being really busy and doing a lot of work, and sometimes we can forget the basics, like really drawing upon the strength of the Lord, uh, really just going to the Lord in, in prayer, and, and just uh, making sure that we're lined up with, with how he's directing and leading our lives, uh, and, and we can kind of miss, if you're anything like me, at least, I can start to miss basics, right? Because yeah, I get on autopilot a little bit, and so uh, today, you know, we talk about something, really a lot of overlapping great things, and it's the fact that, that you and I have been saved, we've been brought into the family of God, uh, and we lead a new life, and that God has a plan for our lives, and, and he has good work that he's already planned for us to do. And, and today, I just want to go through a few reasons that you should take your ministry at Gateway and just your ministry at home and the ministry God's called you to, however big or wherever that is, but why you should really take it seriously. Uh, and why it's worth some time to think about it today. And, and the first reason is this, because we have been rescued to serve. And, and we are a rescued people today. Uh, and Ephesians 2.8 says this, For by grace you've been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God. Now I've heard this verse, I remember memorizing this like in Awanas, I think. Did anyone else do Awanas ever? I did it once, uh, and I, I remember this verse from Awanas. I remember this verse from middle school. I remember it from high school. Uh, I remember it from uh, college, and I remember it. Uh, but, you know, kind of going back into this verse and really spending some time in it this week, you know what stuck out to me? A few things. Number one is that God is just so full of grace and kind of that unmerited favor and, and kind of his, his, his goodwill towards us and his compassion and his mercy towards us. He's just, he's so rich in mercy and grace. That stuck out to me. But also just this idea of being saved. You know, it's something we get really used to the idea that we're saved people. Saved 
from what though? You, you know, and, and, and what does that really mean to, to live a life being saved? And, and I wanted just to go back to that for a little bit. Ephesians uh, 2, 8, 9, and 10, uh, you know, if you really read the, the start of, from verse 1 to, to 7, it really fills in a lot more about what Ephesians 2, 8, 9 is about. For instance, talking about being saved. What does it mean that we're saved? Well, Ephesians 1 talks about that we were dead in our trespasses in our sin. We, we were walking in that way. We followed the chorus of this world. That's like all of us. At one time, we're not, we're not here. We walked in a different way. We walked a different life. We were alienated from God. We followed the prince of power of the air, the spirit that's now at work in the sons of disobedience, among, uh, among whom we once all lived. In the passion of our flesh, carrying out the desires of our body and our mind. See, the world tells a lie that, that there's like complete freedom and that uh, they are free to do whatever they want and say and do. And then, you know, if you join the church, you just follow a bunch of rules and like, you know, you have to do all these extra hoops and stuff like that. But, but when you look at scripture, the opposite is true. Uh, you're not free. You're, you're just part of a different kingdom, right? And something different rules you. And you don't have freedom from it. You, you, you haven't been released from that. But when we come to know Jesus, when we give, give our lives to Jesus, we put our faith in Jesus, what we find is, is that is broken now. And, and we are indeed saved. It reminds me of, um, I was thinking about this story this week. Uh, so when I was five, I remember, well, when I was just a kid, my dad used to take me on a lot of trips. We do like a lot of like father-son stuff. And I think I've been thinking about these stories a little bit more because now I have a five-year-old and so, uh, and he's not like content to watch like blippy anymore. <laughs> and, uh, and we're starting to like, he wants to go do stuff and he wants to do interesting stuff. And so I've been like, oh, what can we do? And, and so I've been thinking about some of the things that my dad did with me. And I remember this one time I was five and we were going fishing and we were at this lake. And I just remember a few things about it. Um, I remember that my dad was in the water and he was fishing and I was standing up on this rock and and I was, uh, I was dancing on the rock. That's, that's what I remember. Like you do when you're five. And I don't think it was cool dancing. I think, you know, I, I don't know. I think I was dancing like you do when you're five. And I, rem- I just remember, I remember having a blast. And I was just like in my element and stuff. And I remember I was wearing these bright red sweatpants that were cotton, like you do when you're five. And I liked them. And I remember them. Uh, and, and then I remember the water. And I remember that the water was dark. It was like green dark water. And we have like a lot of that in the, the Northwest, you know. And the next thing I remember is I vaguely remember slipping and then I remember being under the water. And I remember opening my eyes and just being like, it's green. And I thought that was really neat. And I remember being like, why, where's the top? You know what I mean? Like, where's the top of the water? And I remember I, I wasn't panicked or anything, but I'd never been submerged in water before. And I remember thinking it's cold, but not too cold. I just, I just remember, it's just a very vivid memory. And the next thing I remember was being pulled out by my pants. My dad would tell you the story, and he would say this, that we were in the water, he heard a splash and didn't see me anymore. And then, you know, as, as would happen if you're a dad with a five-year-old, you know, your heart goes up to your mouth area. And, uh, and he ran over, or, you know, went over to where I was, 
And what he saw in the water were just my red pants way down there. And so he reached all the way and he pulled me out by my pants. And uh, the truth is, that's kind of all of us a little bit have been pulled out by our pants a little bit. Uh, We did nothing. We did nothing to come into this life uh, because it's by God's grace that we've been saved. And what we've been saved from is the kingdom of this world and, and its forces. And we've been brought into a new life through faith. And this is not of your own doing. The word this there, it doesn't refer to faith or grace. It's all of it. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this, this is not your own doing. It's the gift of God. And I love that this is a gift from God. And we can't do anything to buy our way in or to earn our way in or, or uh, anything to uh, swim up ourselves. We've just been saved. And it's a gift of, of God. And, and this has been uh, displayed in Jesus Uh, John 3.16 is just another classic here. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. See, you were dead, but now you're not dead. You were part of the kingdom of this world, but, but now you're not. You followed the world, but now you don't. You once were following the prince of the power of the air, but now you don't. You lived for your old passions, but now you don't. You've been released from that. You've been set free from that. You're a new creation in Christ. You're saved, and this is a gift. Uh, Peter says it this way, but you are a chosen people and a royal priesthood. And and real quick, when we're saved, sorry, I, I missed something here. When we're saved, we are brought into a relationship with God where we have a relationship with God Almighty, and that is an amazing thing. And we can talk to him, like Gary said this morning, like we can bend his ear. He, he listens to us, right? Like, that is amazing. Uh, and, and, and that he gives us peace and comfort and joy, that he changes us from the inside out, right? So, so we've been brought into this relationship with the Lord. But the, the second is this, that we've been brought into the church. We've been brought into a family. We're saved into a family. Uh, and and uh, sometimes you might just think about like being part of a good old community church, but uh, Peter says that you're a chosen people a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. That's kind of different than how we talk about the church sometimes, isn't it? Like, I don't know, I'm looking for a church where I like the music and the pastor's funny and our church is great because our pastor's lots, lots about cats and, you know, that, that kind of thing. And, but listen to what Peter's saying. You know, you're, you're a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. You're God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of the darkness and into the wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you're the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. We don't live the life we used to live. Uh, and this is all this is all the gift of grace. Um, uh, so you and me have been rescued. And when we come together, we come together as rescued people. And I think it's the first reason that we should take our, our ministries serious is because God has rescued us and he's brought us together. And to be here is a miraculous gift that we've received. We're not who we were. Uh, We are so blessed to be here, and we're here for a reason. You've been rescued to serve. Somebody said it this way. I wanted to read it for you because it's just this vivid picture that's been in my head about what it means to be, what, what it's like to be saved, really. It says, the experience has been like that of a man in a shipwreck. 
From the moment he was taken out of the icy water into the lifeboat, he is a saved man. He may scarcely feel his safety or be relieved from his fears. Indeed, there may pass along many long hours before his feet touch the dry land and his rescue is complete. But nonetheless, from the moment he's in the boat, he is safe. And that is you and me. We've been rescued and we're here and we're here as saved uh, people and we're a new uh, creation. Uh, and, uh, so uh, there's the first thing. The second thing is this, uh, that we have been refocused and not only are we gathered uh, as God's people and we're brought into the family of God, we're a bunch of people that the Lord is changing from the inside out. Uh, Paul goes on here to say, this isn't a result of works so that no one may boast. And, and I love that that's true about us because there's all kinds of people in the world and there's people who are really good at things and they have a lot of talents and they're really smart because they read a lot of books. Uh, there's people who are really self-disciplined and they're good at doing a lot of things, uh, right? There, there's people who have a lot of skills and they know how to do things like, I don't know, do their own sheet rocking or something. I've been thinking about that a little bit. And, and some of us don't yet have that skill, Right? Uh, but that isn't how we've come into the church. That isn't how we've come to know the Lord. Uh, we've been brought here and that's been a gift of grace and it's not a result of works so that no one may boast. And I think this is good to remember because on a day like today, I, I see just a lot of ministries that are represented and I see a lot of people that are very busy and it's good to remember that we're brought here by the Lord and it's his strength and it's what he's already done for us and that he continues to refocus us. He continues uh, to give us strength. He continues to guide us. And so we don't want to do stuff in our own strength. We don't want to work in our own power. We don't want to just tire ourselves out without really abiding in the Lord and remembering who, we don't want to lose that perspective. And that's what he does. He, he, he gives us a perspective as he changes our minds and our hearts. And as we, as we grow and as we learn more about him and as we do ministry together, what we see is that God grows us and he reminds us all the time that it's not about us and it's not about our, our talents and our skills and the things that we brought to the table. He might, he might kind of ordain some of our giftings. He might use some of our special skills, uh, but they, they haven't got us here. Nobody can be impressive enough uh, to... Uh, to come to know the Lord by themselves and to forgive themselves. Uh, and, and so this is that no one may boast. The word boast means to take pride in something or to pride oneself or to brag. It's like imagine writing your life story in a book and being the central character of your own story. And, and the book would be about like how things made you feel and what you thought about things and, and, and how things shaped you. And, and perhaps there's nothing wrong with that, but what happens when we come to know Jesus is our focus begins to change. And we kind of start to see that it's not about us and it's not about our special skills and our special things. It's about how God uses us. It's about how he rescues us. It's about how he puts us together and knits us together. It's about how he uses us and how our lives follow, uh, how our lives glorify God and, uh, and how we're able to participate uh, in his kingdom as, as we are, are people who point to him. And I think this is really important that we don't forget that it's not about our works and it's not about uh, our efforts, but it's about God's grace and his love flowing out through our lives. Um, that uh, these things are not a result of, of works. So we haven't worked our way here and uh, we have 
nothing to really boast about. And so you and I want to be people who boast in the Lord. Scripture actually speaks very favorably of being people who boast in the Lord. Uh, Jeremiah says this, Thus saith the Lord, Let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man boast in his might. Let not the rich man boast in his riches. But let him who boasts boast in this, that he understands and knows me that I am the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice, and righteousness in the earth. For I delight, for in these things I delight, declares the Lord. Paul just says, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. So how do we do that? How do we become people who boast in the Lord? People who depend on his bite. People who want to show his glory. People who want to reflect his image. People who want to overflow with his love. How do we do that? And I think there's several good answers. One is worship. Psalm says this, oh give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Sing to him. Sing praise to him. Tell of all his wondrous works. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Seek the Lord in his strength. Seek his presence continually. Worship. And I know I'm partial to worship, but I think it's so good that we worship. And I think it's so good that we worship the Lord because it refocuses us. And it takes the focus off from us and our works. It takes the focus away from the things that stress us and the things that we're busy with. And it puts the focus back on what it should be on. The beauty of the Lord, the joy of the Lord, the, the, the glory of the Lord, the goodness of the Lord. And how his love is poured out and how we can trust him. How we can follow him. How we can know him. And the Psalms just, they just tell us to seek him. Let us be those people who seek the Lord, who, who yearn to worship the Lord. Because what happens is you remember that there's nothing to boast of here. Uh, my, my works aren't that great, but, but the Lord is great. And he's been so good to me. And it has a way of refocusing us. Uh, secondly, uh, we can be people of, of prayer. And there's something about prayer where it, it refocuses us. I heard a sermon this week, and it, it was very convicting to me, and it, it talked about doing a lot of things without really going to the Lord and seeking, uh, seeking his strength. Going to the Lord in those times of, of prayer and, 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 and drawing his strength. You know, we don't want to do things uh, without keeping in step with the Lord and, and, and without following his lead. Uh, and and we're, we're called to be people who, who go to him. And, and we see Jesus as, as somebody who models prayer in the midst of busyness really well. Uh, we can have a biblical perspective. That's something that helps really result in boasting about the Lord in your life because it's full of reasons why the Lord is worthy of boasting about the, the things that he's done. Uh, and it puts us in perspective too. And it takes our eyes off from us and it puts our eyes back on him. There's edification. That's a great way to boast in the Lord. Just, just being the family of God, being the people of God, speaking truth to one another. Have you ever noticed how when you're on a ministry team or when you're working with people, and uh, have you ever noticed how other people are able to see how God is using you? Other people are able to, to, to note your, your strengths and they see what they are. And sometimes it's like they see you better than you see yourself. And there's something about how when we're together and we're the family of God together and we're ministering as we're supposed to and we're edifying as we're supposed to, there's something about how we end up boasting in the Lord. How we end up encouraging one another, but like in a really healthy way. How we build one another up in the Lord and, and, and uh, how, how we, we, we do, we edify uh, one another. 
And in other ways that we can just simply uh, obey him and follow his leading in our lives. And, and that's so good because the Lord changes hearts. He transforms minds, and, and he changes us. And so, so all of us, you know, we're not just here saved by grace, but, but we're, we're also growing in the Lord, and we're transforming, we're changing. And so the focus is continually going away from us as people and away from our works, and it's going to the glory of the Lord because he is what's worthy about boasting. Uh, and so he refocuses us, and, and we find ourselves uh, wanting to serve and wanting to be a part of what he's doing because he has a way of changing our hearts and reminding us what is really important. The last thing to point out is this, that, that the Lord redirects our lives too. And, uh, and it's another reason that I think we should take our ministries seriously because, uh, because we don't walk the way we used to. Uh, we just finished Colossians talking about kind of the newness of life and being raised um, with Christ and, and walking forward and um, with him. And, uh, and so, so here's our last verse today. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, uh, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in these good works. Uh, workmanship is an interesting word here. It only occurs a couple times in the New Testament. It, it means a thing that is made. And in the Bible, we see that the things God makes have a way of, of glorifying him. They have a way of worshiping him. It's like in the Psalms, like when creation is called upon to worship the Lord. It's like, well, how does it do that? It doesn't have mouths. But it's, it's created just to be what it is. And, and there's something about looking up at the stars and just, it's something about how they just declare, they point to him somehow. And, and what we see here is that we're a new creation in Christ, and we're created in Christ for, for good works. And, and so, uh, so we've, uh, we are his workmanship. Not only has he put breath in our lungs, but he's brought us to himself, and he's changed our hearts too. Uh, it reminds me, so years ago when I was in South Carolina, we had an exchange student that lived with us. His name was Jacob, and he was, uh, he was, a, he was the coolest kid. Uh, he was from Shanghai, his family was, and uh, just from a way different background than we were, obviously. Uh, but he lived in our little house with us for a year and a half. And uh, he, we had like the sunroom that we kind of converted into a bedroom for him. And, uh, and every month his parents would send him money. Uh, so he'd be comfortable, you know, that far away from his, uh, away from his family in Shanghai. And I, I got the sense really quick that his standard of living with Anna and I was very different than the standard he was used to in Shanghai. So every day we would get boxes of stuff delivered to our front door. Jacob's favorite thing to buy were Nikes. He bought Nike shoes, and I learned from Jacob that there are, like, Nikes that, like, you and me buy at, like, Kohl's, and then there are other Nikes. He bought other Nikes, and uh, the Nikes he bought were really cool. I learned a lot. There's a lot of different types of Nikes, and he would get them on eBay, and he would do this thing. He would buy a really cool pair of Nikes, and he would sort of, like, decide if he really liked them, and if he really liked them, he would keep them, but if he didn't, he would relist them on eBay, and he'd make some money on them for, he would sell them for more than he got them for. So, which is, like, okay, but but he kept collecting these shoes. He kept liking these shoes, and, and he, would, he would put them in this Tupperware, like a big Tupperware container underneath the bed. And South Carolina is really humid, and stuff like molds in South Carolina, and, uh, and not using your things, or like having a pile of clothes on the ground, uh, it, will just, it will just destroy your stuff. It will mold, and it will get just nasty. And so Jacob kept putting shoes in 
really nice shoes in his, this box. And then a year and a half later, when it was time to move out, uh, it was time for him to collect all of his things. And much to his dismay, he pulled out his Nikes, and they, were, they had turned, like, yellow, and they had become, like, brittle, and they had started to fall apart, and they were completely ruined. Uh, and, and I remember, in all of his wisdom, he told me something. He said, Scott, shoes are made to be worn. If you ever get a pair of shoes that you really love, don't save them. Uh, shoes are made to be worn. And I think, you know, you and me, we're God's workmanship. And what we see is that we're created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God's prepared beforehand. That, that God has a plan and a use for us. And, and, and we are valuable because of what Jesus has done uh, in our life. And uh, because of his grace and his love which flow in our lives. And so what we see is that there are good works and in, in, uh, that God has planned these things from, from long ago. And a couple things. Number one, that, that he has given us uh, spiritual gifts. He's equipped us for these good works. He's not calling us to do something that we don't have the ability to do. Uh, he provides uh, these good works. And so we, what we find is we are, we are gifted spiritually. Um, Another thing is that when we work in the kingdom and, and we do the work we're meant to, that there's fruit in this work. Uh, th this is work that, that builds the kingdom of God and, and gives him glory. Uh, Paul uh, says this um, in uh, Titus. He says, uh, the saying is trustworthy, and I want to insist on these things so that you who have believed may be careful to devote themselves to good works. These are excellent, and they're profitable for people. These are things that help other people. These are things that bless people, and they build up the body right here in this room. This is one of those simple things that I think we can like drive right by uh, the house a little bit, because it's amazing that God has saved us, he's changed us, and then he's equipped us for good works. And when we're together in this room, we're like a bunch of saved prisoners who are no longer prisoners who have been equipped with gifts from the Spirit to build one another up with. And that is an amazing thing. And it reminds me, some of you might, I don't know, some of you might be here today and like, Scott, well, that's easy for you because you play guitar and not all of us play guitar. But, but these are all kinds of different ministries. And some of them are, are, are behind the scenes and some of them are not behind the scenes, but they build up the body. Like, here's one thing I do that I bet you don't know that I do. Okay, so when there's a baptism on a Sunday, uh, one of my designated duties is uh, I am the baptistry cleaner. And so I, I clean things out of the baptistry. And uh, you might be wondering, well, what is in the baptistry that needs cleaned out? And I'm glad you asked, because there are spiders in there. There are a lot. I don't like spiders. Like, I, I, I'm not afraid of a lot of bugs, but f spiders are a thing for me. So, like, in our household, Anna is the spider killer, usually by default. Our, her maternal instincts kick in, and she gets, like, raged and uh, is really good at getting the spiders. And I, I, I watch her work with her giftings. Uh, but, but at the church, I, I, I have to do these things. And so, uh, the, the spiders in the baptistry are particular. They are big, and they have hair 
sometimes. Uh, sometimes they have full beards, uh, I've noticed. <laughs> and uh, so sometimes, like, if you ever walk by the church at, like, 5 in the morning on a Sunday and you hear, like, screaming in here, uh, it's me because I have to be in the tub with these things. And I'm always like, well, do I, like, try to, like, wipe it up or do I, like, stomp it? And it's, like, hard to know. And I don't want to stomp something. I don't have to. And so the only way to find out is to walk, to approach it, right? And they're really good at knowing, like, right before you stomp them because they run, but they don't run away from you. They charge you. And that scares me, right? So then I, I, I stomp it, and a lot of times they're fast. So I miss. So they run up on the wall. So I'm like ninja kicking uh, the battery. It gets out of hand, and it gets out of control. It's just one, one thing that happens. And there are a million different things that we find ourselves doing in the body of Christ. There's a million different ways to help and disturb, and it takes all of us. I see this on our worship teams all the time. It's like everybody plays a different instrument or runs a different piece of equipment, but when we all gather together, we're all made differently. Uh, we all encourage in different ways. We all come together in different ways. And it's just a very real picture to me of how God brings us together. And, and he does, and there's opportunities to serve. There's just things we can do to build up the body. But all of us are gifted with, uh, with unique gifts from the Spirit. And, and so he gives us the strength to do them, and he gives us the gift themselves. And one last thing here is that we are called to walk forward in these things. This is a way of living. This is a daily thing that we do where we minister and we build up the body and, and, and we serve one another. It's, it's a lifestyle. Remember Ephesians 2.1 talks about walking, walking down the wrong path, but Jesus has changed our lives and we don't walk that way anymore. Now we walk in the newness of life and part of that is what we see is that we're following the Lord and he has these good works and, and which God has prepared beforehand that we should walk forward in these things regularly, and it is a way of life. Uh, Peter says it this way. He says, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. I love that he talks about the stewardship of what we do with our gifts. These things are from the Spirit, and we want to use what he's given us for the purposes uh, he shows to us. And, and so whoever speaks is one who speaks the oracles of God, and whoever serves as one who serves with the strength that God supplies. It's kind of what we were talking about earlier of, of when we do things and when we're on these different ministry teams and doing these different things that we're, we're leaning into the strength that God supplies and we're trusting him in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. Uh, he redirects our life. Uh, he rescues us. He refocuses us and he changes us but he puts us on a different path and we live in a different way. Uh, and, and so, so how can we walk uh, in these good works uh, this week? And uh, let me just suggest a few things that have been on my heart a little bit. Number one is that we can just abide with the Lord. Uh, that is an easy way to just walk with him is, is we can just be in him. We can be in his word. We can be in times of prayer. Uh, and, uh, it, you know, Jesus talks about remaining in him, abiding in him, and that apart from him, we can't do any work at all. A apart from him is just, uh, we, we can come here, but we can't really be here, if you know what I'm saying. And so we abide with the Lord. We remain in him, and, and we soak up uh, his, his strength and, and his power, and, and we learn and he changes us. Uh, and so, so this comes through things like, so we read our Bibles. This is a great way. It gives us that perspective, and it, it helps us just to be with the Lord. We, we spend time in prayer, and, and like, you know, we go into the room, and we shut the door, and, and we're just alone with the Lord. It's, it's very hard to replace intimacy with God. It's very hard um, uh, to, to do much without really walking with him. 
Another thing that we can do, uh, and this has been on my heart a lot too lately, is we can drown out the noise. Uh, you know, there is a force out there that does not want you to do ministry. It does not want you to be successful in that. It wants to distract you. And, and, uh, and so we, we want to drown out the noise. And I've found this uh, to be a good principle for me lately. Uh, you know, I've talked about this before, but like when we, uh, I used to watch a lot of movies and stuff like that, and we had kids, and then we didn't watch any movies for a long time. And uh, the, our kids are just now going to sleep at night, all three of them, praise the Lord. And uh, so sometimes Anna and I are alone at night, and we're like, you want to watch a movie? So uh, we've watched, like, I, I've gone back and tried to watch movies I used to watch, and I, I don't know how I ever watched them. Like, I think I was just desensitized, and it has hit me that I think stuff creeps in. I think stuff creeps in and it keeps us uh, from, from really abiding with the Lord. I think it keeps, can keep our souls from being really sensitive uh, to the Lord. And so if we want to walk in good works, if we want to really uh, fulfill uh, the, uh, the design for our lives and, uh, and, and bring glory to the Lord, we do well to drown out things that shouldn't be in our lives. And we walk away from them and we turn away from them uh, and we put our minds on the things that they're supposed to be on. And the Lord helps us to do that. He refocuses us. Uh, you know, a, a, th- a third thing is that we can just simply do community really well. And I feel like that's kind of a cliche phrase, like, go do community, go be community really well. But there's definitely a concept here, isn't there? That uh, we are called uh, into the church, and we are brought into the church. We're gathered, and, and what we see, even in this passage today, is that we're equipped for that. We're strengthened for that. The Lord is leading us in that. And so, so if you want to walk in good works, being on a ministry team is a really natural way to do that. It's a really good way to do that, because what you find is that you're walking alongside other believers who are doing it just like you, and they're busy just like you. Their lives are multi-layered and complicated just like yours. Their hearts are being changed just like yours. They love the Lord and they're seeking the Lord just like you. And something just crazy happens when we come together as the people of God and we do community and we serve together. Uh, And and so there's a third thing. The fourth is just uh, simply this, is we can be eager for good works. Titus 2.4 speaks of being zealous to do good works works. Let me ask you a question is, uh, what, what is your heart eager for today? What are the things that you want today? What are the things that you're seeking today? And, and as we kind of go back through some basics, and as we, we take a break today from the busyness of life, in a very busy Sunday, uh, there's something about how the Lord is so good in his word at just calling us back to himself. And, and so uh, let us be people uh, who seek him this week. Here's, here's, a, uh, here's just kind of a big idea for today. And it's just simply this, that, that God has made you for good works. Uh, he's rescued you. He's changing your heart. He's refocusing you uh, on himself. And that he has good works that he has planned for you to do. So whether it has, uh, it's at a table um, out there or somebody wants to come help me smash some spiders uh, the next time there's a baptism, uh, let us be people that are seeking the Lord. And, and let us be people who are eager to do those good works and show God's love to one another right here uh, by doing ministry side by side. Uh, let me pray and then I will release you. Jesus, we are so thankful for you and, and what you've done for us. And thank you for giving us a new life. Uh, Lord, we are, um, uh, Lord, we love you. And this week, I I pray that you will help us to take steps of faith, uh, that we'll take steps with you, uh, Lord, and that you would just put on our hearts 
of the things that you want us to be thinking about and focusing on and doing with our time. Lord, give us the wisdom to know when to say no and give us the strength uh, for when we need to say yes. In Jesus, I pray these things and that you would bless our discussions today. In Jesus' name, amen.